0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios. This is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Got a couple family things we just need to just tackle here for a moment. We're really proud of Young Thunder. Oh, thank you. Woo-hoo. Finished appreciate the it. marathon oh, and sure. got himself a finisher's medal. I sure did. Way to go, man. Thank I'm proud you, of brother.
1: you. I appreciate it. It was uh, cut it close at the end there. but You was,
0: were uh, making me nervous. I was having <laughs> Indian food in Park Ridge, and I'm like, I'm yelling in the restaurant, run!
1: <laughs> oh, no. I was
0: making me nervous, but
1: yeah, I, thankfully I, I was able to push it at the
0: end. And You did good. Thank you. I was you, really I proud of it. you. Congratulations. Have you, seen, have you seen the chart of your race? I have, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I was, it's, <laughs> it's it's you you did you went out nice and slow, I was yep. proud of
1: you. paced myself at a good at a then good you rate Picked it, it up.
0: Yeah. And then it you did. must have felt something. I was feeling pretty good. And then?
1: And then at mile 10, because I had injured myself in uh, in training at about mile 10. Did you 10, re-injure it? Yeah. I, well, not re-injure, but it it just started really nagging me at about mile 10. Oh. And uh, so I took a couple stop and stretch breaks. And then mile 14 through 20, they say, is the most discouraging of was all Was it the, brutal? It was the most brutal thing I've ever experienced <laughs> in my entire
0: life. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for laughing. Please. No, it's okay. But here's what's cool. Yeah. All of a sudden, (laughs) at the 35K mark, Young Thunder... Took off. Yeah. That thing Surgeon. goes straight up because you did the you did the math, didn't you? Oh, I was doing
1: the math. I was watching my time to my expected <laughs> finish, and I was at the time I was missing the cutoff by about thirteen, 13 seconds. seconds. And my wife was texting me, and she goes, "I want you to run like your life depends on it." She was Aww. like, "She was like, go, 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 go now!" And I was like, "Okay, I'm going." <laughs> oh. And so I really picked that up. And, and is that what she said? Yeah, she did. Run, she she like was texting me in all caps, it. like, "Run!" And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. so I yeah, it I was texting and, you to go, go, yeah, go. Were, I were. said at
0: one point I've I said, uh, babe, I'm going to bother him. I'm going to text <laughs> him and tell him to go. And it was very helpful.
1: Those texts really like they helped me get up and going. So I appreciated those. I, for I sure. said,
0: you can get a medal, yep. young thunder. Yep. You can get it. And I thankfully did. I finished.
1: <laughs> I finished a minute <laughs> 45 under the cutoff. And uh, why and, do you
0: give so much extra time? <laughs>
1: I stopped 45. and took a picture at the finish line too. So hey, I, yeah, I was doing okay at the end.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, it was <laughs> good. how are you feeling That's today?
1: I feel good. That knee that I that I injured is uh, still Tender. bothering me a little bit, but I don't have to run anymore. So I'm, I'm you, good man. with
0: that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. you. <sighs> wow. By the way, speaking of how you feeling, how you feeling for 36 today, yeah, Super Happy birthday, nice. to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday dear Super Dive. Dive. Wow. <laughs> wow. Happy <laughs> birthday to, to you. you. Yeah, Superdive. She thank corrected you, me. You, it's you, not 36, you. it's 39. And I asked wow. her, I said, where all the years go? Where'd Life, they go? I don't know. By, they man. do fly. Wow. Oh, we're Why? grateful
2: for Superdive. It's
0: amazing how she knows so much about the 70s. Isn't it?
2: To have not lived through it. She's yeah. a historian. That's right. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it there. She's a Wikipedia <laughs> PhD. Oh. That's right. That's right. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Omer Eschel coming to us from Israel. Omer, my friend, how are you this morning?
3: Shalom, brother. Shalom, shalom. Well, it can be better, but talking to you, I'm happier.
0: Yeah, we love you, buddy. Um, Omer and his bride and his daughters. Where where were you going when I called you this morning? Now, Omer is calling in from Israel right now, Boom Crew. Where were you heading?
3: I'm actually in the middle of a military base right now. We, by the help of uh, prayer warriors such as yourself and uh, and, uh, those who are listening to us, we got a beautiful love offering from uh, an organization called Wall Builders in Texas. And we are now going from base to base to give uh, essentials like, uh, you know, uh, uh, flashlights, batteries, um, underwear, socks. To, to reserves and to people that will call on to arms. So we are now in the middle of a military base.
2: Omer Eshel is our guest right now. He's the CEO and co-founder of the Bible Comes to Life Travel and Educational Center. He's a certified Israel tour guide. You, He led the tour that you and three you, of them,
0: you? Three of them. I've been on three tours where Omer led. And, and there's no one more knowledgeable of Israel than Omer. Historically and even in modern times.
2: So, Omer, for those who are listening who may not even be fully aware of the magnitude of what's happening there, as best you can, kind of give us uh, the lay of the land. W- what is it that we're, that we're experiencing right now?
3: Well, what happened was, just to give everybody the, the, the full picture, and I'm not going to be politically correct because this is not the time to be politically correct. Uh, on Saturday, about a thousand terrorists Uh, entered into the Israeli border after basically fooling us. Hamas for two years was giving us the assumption that all they want is us to give them money and then we're going to have peace in exchange because they took our biblical values and used them against us by saying, all we care about is good life. And we believe them and we pay them off. We gave them money. They attacked women, children and elders over a thousand Terrorists breached the border between Israel and, and the West Bank and, and uh, uh, Gaza Strip by a complete surprise on a Shabbat, on one of our highest holidays. They killed the soldiers and then, get to this, they entered into Jewish villages and massacred children. They snatched them out of their beds, kidnapping elders, kidnapping people with disabilities for them to use them as human shields in Gaza. Uh, and, and I, and I want to share this with our audience because this is important. Every house in Israel has a bomb shelter. People lock themselves inside the bomb shelters. The terrorists burn down the houses so the children will jump from the window so they can shoot them. This is what we are dealing with. For the, next, for the past 72 hours, the level of atrocity is second to second world war. We haven't seen things like this since second world war. And now uh, uh, the IDF has uh, uh, controlled all of the Jewish villages that were attacked by the terrorists. And we're now fighting back. And I want, I, I'm, I'm very, very uh, emotional right now, but I do want our listeners to understand this is a religious war. We are fighting the Antichrist right now. I'm thinking, you know, in the book of Deuteronomy, and the Lord your God is following with you and will fight for you. This is, this is what we are doing right now.
0: Omar Eshel again with us live from Israel. And, Omar, I know that you lost a friend, did you not? A friend of yours, was his life one was my, taken.
3: One of my best friends died as a hero. Uh, his house was attacked. He jumped forward to the terrorist and was gunned down before his wife and two children. May he rest in peace.
0: <sighs> Omar, that's hard to take here. It really is. It's hard to hear. I'm sorry, I love you, Omer. As you look forward, though, my friend, we've got we've got the Hamas, which are Sunni, correct? And then the um, correct. uh, If if you look north though to Lebanon and Syria, the Hezbollah and Syrians, there's a little saber rattling. What's the latest on that? I know that you know people deep in the um, IDF. What's going on? You keep what's going on there.
3: well, we uh, gave a clear message to anyone, uh, especially Hezbollah. You try to mess with us right now, we will obliterate you. And I got to say, the U.S. has been a tremendous help. You guys sent out a, a an aircraft carrier to send a clear message to Iran. If you think that you guys are attacking Israel, we're going to just sit, sit there and look, think think again. So we we mean business, and I can tell you now that some Organization tried to send out fuel and ammo to the Palestinian, and Israel uh, uh, blew them up uh, between the Israeli border and the Sinai uh, uh, Peninsula. women business this is, this is serious you're in the north you're near you're probably one of the
0: areas closest to Syria what's what's going on there are they deploying troops to the north? Are they prepared to take on those fronts if need be
3: Yes. I'm looking now at this military base. Folks, just understand, this, this is a reserve military base. It's not mandatory service. This is reserves. There are traffic jams here of people coming in to join in and to volunteer. I volunteered as well. We are uh, guarding uh, 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 our homes, and uh, we're protecting our families, not just the military, the, the civilians themselves. And I do want to share this with you, Carl. You know my daughter, Ela. Ella is 12. Yeah, She's a... The huge lover of the Word of God, she knows the Bible better than you and me put together. Yeah, she does. I want, yeah, she does. I want our listeners to listen to what I told her. And if I'm going to break down in tears, please forgive me. Um, last night, as I was uh, going with, um, I, I chambered my gun, and I left out to the night, and Ella came to me, and she said, "Sorry." Okay. She said, why are you going out? And I said, don't worry. I'm well-trained. I know what to do. And I said, but I'm afraid. They killed They killed children. They murdered children. I'm afraid that you're not going to be here. Carl, I hired my girl. Sorry. It's okay. Over. And I told her, I told her, we are fighting against demons here against people that have no respect for human life. I said, we got hurt, we are bleeding, we bite the bullet, we bend our wounds, we charge the gun, we go into the night. Because that's what we do. Carl, she gave you a big hug, and she told me, she told me, Dad, I love you. And I, sorry. It's okay. She said, Dad, I love you, I love you, and, and and I'm and I'm proud of you. And this morning, this 12-year-old girl, as I'm going here with a friend of mine traveling through bases, she was doing uh, 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 packages and uh, uh, supporting the soldiers. And she's been doing uh, uh, arts and crafts to the kids, so they're not going to be by themselves. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you never heard me in tears, buddy. This is the first time you heard me in tears.
0: Yeah, it is, Homer. It is. Yeah. Father God. But we're going to win. Father God, let me pray. Let me pray, Omer. Father God, God of Israel, God of Jacob, we pray and bow our hearts and our heads before you right now, and we ask in the the mighty name of our God, and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus, be the protector of these people. Thwart the enemy's attack. Confuse the enemy, as you did for Jehoshaphat. Confuse the enemy. Let the military that is singing songs of praise, let those worship leaders be the ones to see the enemy confused, disoriented, and defeated. To God be the glory, and may peace come to Israel. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Omer, I love you. We will win this. Yeah. I love you too, brother. I want want our listeners to listen to this. We will win this because we don't have any other uh, other choice. Because if the Palestinians lose, what happened to them is we're going to go back to the negotiation table. If we were going to lose, I don't want to know what's going to happen to my girls. So we are not going to lose because we don't have any other option. And without understanding, I want our listeners to understand who and what we are fighting i urge you to read joshua 11, the joshua battle, 11. Thor, for, yeah. for the battle yeah the battle is for the lord i urge you to read how how god took us out of egypt following at the head of the camp and i urge you to read revelation and see who we are dealing with these are not regular people these are blood thirsty demons that are here to take the souls of our elders and our children kidnapping them to gaza and call them hostages, or uh, prisoners of war, snatching children at the age of two, killing their families in front of them. This is what we are dealing with.
0: There aren't even words to describe it, Omer. There aren't even words to describe it. I love you. Shalom, my brother.
3: Shalom. Thank you so much for your support. We feel your prayers, friends. We feel your prayers. Thank you so much for supporting us. We
0: love you. Omer Eshel, live from Israel. Learning to follow Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Mornings. Man, I meant to share this. Uh, Allie reminded me, so let's get back to this. When you hear news of what's going on in Israel, it can be fearful. Uh, when you hear people postulating about where this could go geopolitically, globally, it can be scary. I'd be lying to you if I told you that I had never a hint of fear in my heart about what could happen globally. Of course I do. Uh, we we don't know. Israel was just going about their business one day and next thing they know, a thousand terrorists have stormed through apparently 80 breaches of the wall. It was it was It was a perfect storm of things that came up. And they, the rest of the story, you know, you get that. But what do you, what do you do? And then you start thinking geopolitically, if there was ever a time, you know, Xi Jinping has said he wants Taiwan back before he's dead. He wants to leave that as a legacy. He's not young man. And you look at this, you know, the, the two fronts that we're on now as a nation. And I mean, the world, when it's in, when it's in turmoil Guys, we are the bank. We're the missile bank. We're the monetary bank. We are the bank to the world. We're still the strongest nation on the planet. GDP, our ability to earn and and to uh, generate wealth is still second to none. No one can touch us on the planet. So we become the bank for these things. But at a point, you tap out the bank. And so you look at a Ukraine front. You look at this front now in Israel. And we don't know how many we will not deploy troops. The IDF will not take troops from us. But military armaments, yeah, deploying ships. And so you look at, boy, if there was ever a time for China to make an incursion toward Taiwan. And so you start looking at these things. You look at the Hezbollah and the Syria on the north part of Israel. And you think the potentiality that they could be facing a three-front war in Israel. And then at what, what it might take for us to support them. And then you've got Iran in the mix. And all indications are, especially written in the Wall Street Journal 48 hours ago, is that Iran is the one that green lighted this and right on the heels of us assuring their $6 billion going back in their pockets, they green light this attack that's been plotted and planned by the Revolutionary Guard of Iran. So you look at this and you can be fearful. Let me give you the two words. The two words, think about this. In Acts 4, the church was going through persecution. They were killing them. Peter and John were released begrudgingly. They went to their other friends and Christ followers. And this is what they say. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, sovereign Lord, Mm. first two words, listen, boom crew, the two most powerful words you can pray today in the face of fear is sovereign Lord. Why do I say that? Why? Why are those two of the most powerful words that we can pray?
2: Well, because it's a reminder that God's sovereign. He's mm-hmm. not just aware, but he's in control he's, of everything control. that's happening. So when, whether it's your world personally or the world globally, things feel out of control and chaotic, you have to remind your own heart, yeah. sovereign Lord. Yeah, I serve a God who's in control of all of this. I don't have to be running around afraid. Mm-hmm. As tempting as it is yeah. to be afraid,
0: yeah. This is I, we did this about three, four weeks ago. I mean, this this is for any prayer you pray, any pain you're going through, any the face of a wayward kid. Sovereign Lord, fill in the blank. Sovereign Lord, yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. Sovereign Lord, fill in the blank. You who are in control of all things, I cry out to you. It's a huge affirmation. We, it, it takes the wringing of our hands and it's like God himself reaches down, grabs our hands and says, my son, my daughter, I am sovereign over all things. That is the source of comfort in the face of fear. It's an amazing thing. When I saw those two words and they stood out to me a few weeks ago, I'm like, man, that's the prayer to pray. Sovereign Lord, sovereign Lord, sovereign Lord. And when it's more than just words and that just, it bleeds into your heart, soul, and mind, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will garrison your heart in Christ Jesus. What a powerful thing. What a powerful thing. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. Well, Boom Crew, you know this. We are all about helping you take your next step with Jesus. Apprenticeship with Jesus Christ. Now, we know stuff gets in the way like crazy. I mean, we've got to take off entanglements and sin, everything that's holding us back. But the question is, what's it really take to grow up in our relationship with God. Really? I mean, we can get cute about this. We can get theological about this, but let's get practical with this. Alistair Begg is with us right now. Alistair, what's it really take? Come on, you've been a pastor a lot of years. We can can become such good knowledge brokers that nothing ever changes in our lives. But what really needs to happen to see our lives changed?
4: Well, in short order, you know, it's the work of the Spirit of God that uh, brings the Word of God home to the people of God to change them into the kind of people that we're supposed to be. Uh, the danger is that when we ask about how to do this and how to do that, is that it may actually begin to work against us because it becomes a sort of formalized exercise. And you know, when we think of the nature of Christian living, we're talking about a relationship with a risen Lord who has gone to the cross in order to deal with our predicament, and who has risen to triumph over things, and who has promised to come alongside us by the Holy Spirit and enable us. Now, along with that, then, all the other means of grace are essential. We all need fresh air. We need to pray. We all need food. We need the Word of God. We all need companionship. We need the local church. And all of these things together help to fashion us, chip some of the rough pieces off us, and move us at least in the right direction and remind us of uh, how dependent we are and at the same time of how willing God is. He's far more willing to bless us than we even are to take the time to ask Him. Yeah, no, it's really true. You know, it's interesting. We've been talking about... This
0: passage out of James, where James says to the church, to the dispersed, he says, "Uh, listen now, brothers, I'm doing this from my heart here, so I might miss it a skosh, but listen now, brothers, he says, has not God chosen those who are poor in this world to be rich in faith? So I think one of the big questions that we've been wrestling with here a lot on the morning here, Alistair, is how in the world do we as relatively rich, filthy rich people, with regard to history and even this time in our world, how do we cling to God and find richness of faith when we have so much at the ready? This seems to be one of our primary battles, Alistair.
4: We have to remember, though, that the abundance of material things does not necessarily preclude the reality of what it means to understand that God blesses those who are poor in spirit. For example, I know many people who are endowed with a lot more things than most, and yet the, the, the thing that they exude more than anything else is, number one, humility, yes, and then secondly, generosity, so that at least in their case, to answer your question, they would be the people to ask, how is it that you navigate the yeah. abundance that you enjoy, and yet you reveal to those around you a tenderness of spirit and a and a soft touch as it were on things i i guess the answer is that there is such a distinction between holding things tightly in our fists and uh, holding them uh, with an open palm in the awareness that uh, you know paul says when he writes to the corinthians you know who makes you different from anybody else and what do you have that you did not receive So, if you received it, why do you act as if you did not receive it? And you know, we can do that whether we've got a lot or whether we've got little. And it becomes, it confronts us with the reminder that the exercise of Christian growth is to constantly make us aware of how unworthy we are of God's goodness. And yet to be made simultaneously aware of the worth that is ours in the gift of the Lord Jesus. So well put.
0: Alistair Begg is our guest right now. And Boom Crew, I want you to know something. This man is a phenomenal pastor, shepherd, teacher. And he can be heard every weekday right here at 90.1 at 11.30 a.m. Central Time. Also Sundays at 6.30 p.m. And if people haven't tuned in, and we have about 300,000 listeners a week right here to the morning show... Alistair, give us your heart. What, what do you want people to take away that take the time to tune in at 1130? What do you hope they walk away with daily?
4: Well, ultimately, a, a living relationship with Jesus, which is grounded in the scriptures, which is enabled by the Spirit, and which is fueled by their engagement with uh, fellow Christians in the local church and in their small group and in their community, It's a bit like our mums, when we think back on them, they they were so selfless in doing all the things that they did for us and they would constantly bring us to the table and they would have produced that, which is nourishing, which is attractive, which is beneficial. Not everything that we were immediately drawn to, uh, in my case, broccoli or things like that. <laughs> but but we knew that what they were doing was because they had our best interests in heart and they wanted us to grow up. And that's really what the pastor teacher is. I mean, he spends his week in the kitchen in order that people might be fed and in being fed, they might grow. Awesome. Alistair
0: Begg is his name, guys. It's uh, The name of the show is Truth For Life. It is wonderful content. I hear constantly from my bride. Did you hear what Alistair said today? And you guys will enjoy it as well. Check it out, 1130 a.m. Right here, Central Time at 90.1 FM. Take a listen, or Sundays, 6.30 p.m. And here's what I believe. When you get a little morsel of Alistair Begg, you're going to want more. You're going to want more. Because God is using this man in a powerful way. And I hope it is in your life. Alistair, you've got something for our listeners today. It's called Pray Big. What in the world's going on here, my man?
4: Whether you're a pastor or whoever you are, one of the great challenges is in the realm of prayer, whether it's in a public environment, as it often is in my ministry, or whether it is just in my own personal walk with God. And so I'm constantly aware of the poverty of my own prayers and of my need for help in that. And so digging into the prayers of the Apostle Paul... I think I fastened on a few elements that are helpful to me and hopefully to others to expand our notion of prayer so that we are understanding clearly that it is not actually prayer that changes things, as is the cliche, but it is actually God's Spirit who changes things. And one of the ways in which we see this happen is by expressing our dependence upon God. And our dependence upon God is revealed actually in our prayers. I love it. Boom Crew, listen,
0: this is a phenomenal little resource. And there's no cost today. We want you to check it out. Text the word BIG. We got a link for this free download. Text the word BIG to 312-274-9624. Get this download link and it'll be to you right away.